Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today, we are going to be talking with Davis Carmen, president of Apologia. Apologia is the number one publisher for creation-based science textbooks for homeschoolers. Today, Davis will be talking about his journey with homeschooling, how he acquired the company, and the layout of the curriculum. This company has earned over 100 top awards from parents who homeschool the media 14 years in a row. This is why Apologia is trusted by homeschooling families all across the U.S. and the world. Topics that we're going to be covering will be why homeschool students are so highly sought after by colleges, how homeschool students can start working in their desired field, sometimes even before they graduate high school, and how homeschool students also have an increased opportunity available to them because of their ability to have the time to focus on their interests. Go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Davis has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Davis, why don't you say hello to everybody and tell us something you think most people don't know about homeschooling. Sure. Uh, Davis Carmen here, president of Apologia. Glad to be on the show. And uh, we've uh, just finished our 26th year of homeschooling. So we literally wow. have graduated our seventh of seven kids. And as I've... Uh, gone through this journey for 26 years, one of the things that I've observed is that the homeschool diploma is probably the most valuable high school diploma out there. And one reason is because colleges are actively recruiting homeschool graduates. Uh, they are in very high demand when it comes to the college recruiting process. Uh, colleges need students and uh, they are actively looking for homeschoolers for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, uh, the, the short list is that they make good college students. They're independent learners. They're uh, pretty good at time management. They are serious about their studies. Uh, and so in the end, they make the colleges look good, recruit them and get them to be part of their community uh, again, because they just make really good college uh, students these days. You said you homeschooled seven. Right. He'll be a freshman this fall. So th they all seven have now officially graduated from our homeschool. Just for what it's worth, we got two boys on the front end, two boys on the back end, and three girls tucked safely in the middle. That's how I like to say it. I love it. And love it. the four oldest are now college graduates as well. My fifth will be a senior in college. Number six will be a sophomore in college, and then number seven will be a freshman this fall. As you were homeschooling your kids, is that where the inspiration came in to start working with Apologia? Uh, actually, no, that was not a part of the connection. We were actually using Apologia when we were in the early days of homeschooling. Mm. And then in 2008, we acquired the ministry and have been running it for the last 14, almost 15 years. So that, that's a... That's how we started that journey a long time ago, uh, and uh, uh, but we did we did always have college on our mind. Uh, uh, Rachel, my wife, is uh, got a history and English degree from college. I have a master's degree in mechanical engineering, and so we did at least have a, a vision that our kids would attend college. Uh, mm -hmm. But that wasn't necessary because I 
I remember when our oldest graduated in 2009, uh, we realized that we had been out of the box when we were homeschooling from K through 12. And we you know, started talking to ourselves about, you know, we don't necessarily have to go in the same box again, just because our kids are you know, graduating. They might not go the college route because the whole world is changing. And so we did really try to think outside of the box. And uh, so four, no, five of our kids actually did a gap year program uh, awesome. immediately out of, out of high school before they went to college. And uh, my second son's probably the best example uh, of thinking outside the box in that uh, he did not go to a, a gap year program, but he started with an 18 month online animation program. So the whole idea of this online school was to go work in the movie industry as an animator. Oh, wow. And so they were the, the uh, uh, teachers and instructors worked in the animation industry and they were looking for budding talent. And so after uh, he finished that program in 18 months, you know, he was not even 20. And one of his instructors worked at Pixar and invited him and a couple of students for a private tour. Uh, my wife and I drew straws and I got the short end. So she got to actually go on that trip with him. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting while they were going, uh, you know, touring Pixar and you know, getting all excited, thinking I might, you know, get a chance to have a really good shot at working here. The, uh, the guy that was leading the tour asked my son to look at his art portfolio. And he said, look, you're a not just a budding animator, you're an artist, a good one. You wow. need to go to school and get an art degree and then come back and talk to us because you can do, you could probably do a lot more than what we'd be looking to hire you for. So that actually got him turned on to college. Yeah. And so he went to our community college for two years after that, applied to a, a really good um, art school, Savannah College of Art and Design in Atlanta, went there for the last two years of his college, but hang on, <laughs> six months before he graduated, he got an internship at Disney World. No. And I still, and he said, dad, I, I got to take this opportunity. I, I may never get something like this again. So it, you know, delayed his college graduation yet again. And I still remember him telling me about the orientation process. This old man was helping him you know, with the paperwork and stuff. And he said, look, um, what's your situation? He explains he's got one semester left of college. He says, okay, here's the deal. You're going to do the six-month program at Disney, and you're not going to want to go back. You have to promise me that you'll go back and you know, stop after the six-month and not renew so you can finish since you're that close. So he said, sure, sure, of course. And then, of course, at the end of six months, he said, oh, I'm so glad that man told me that because it was such a wonderful experience. I was tempted to stay, but he, he didn't. He went back, finished his degree, and has now been a freelance artist for uh, he graduated in May of 2017, so he's been a freelance artist for five years now. But it took the point is it took him six years to get through college, having basically four higher education experiences: the online program, the community college, the regular college, and an internship. Uh, and so that's what I mean by thinking outside the box. The three takeaways so far have been homeschool kids are highly sought after. Two, they can start doing things at a really young age, which gives them such an advantage 
for expertise and to be able to really like get a deep dive. And three, opportunities become extremely available in abundance because of the ability to be able to do that deep dive and get into the things what they love. You and your wife loved Apologia so much that you've now acquired it. Like, what about Apologia attractive to you guys? I'm a mechanical engineer by education. And when I was uh, back um, in my high school days, and thinking about oh, what kind of career do I want to look at? You know, I'm a young person at that time. I don't really know all the the upper the options. And the way I always worded it to myself and others is, I want to do something in science and math. Mm, okay. That was how I worded it back then. And so I worked in the aerospace industry for ten years. I ran a plastic manu- manufacturing company for ten years, and then I felt like God had prepared me to be the steward and run uh, an organization. And so uh, when I started, and and all my volunteer work was in the homeschool world. I knew all the players. I went to the conferences. I was on a board of uh, directors for the North Carolinian for Home Educators. So that was where my passion was. I remember um, going through a job search, looking for manufacturing companies to purchase. And I met a homeschool event with some friends. And they're asking me, you know, know, quietly, so, hey, how's how's your search for a company coming along? I said, well, you know, I want to find the right one. So I haven't found it yet. And they said, well, what are you passionate about? I said, well, I'm passionate about homeschooling. I just don't know how to make a living doing that. (laughs) And they said, why don't you buy a homeschool company? And it's like this light bulb turned on. I'm like, of course, that that makes perfect sense. So I narrowed it down to three places, called them out of the blue that I, you know, just thought might be good fits. And when I still remember the first phone call with Apologia, you know, it was three hours. We talked as though we'd been talking for months and, and it was a great fit. So uh, then we you know, proceeded with getting all the paperwork together and making it happen. But I will say this, I've given my testimony at conferences and um, it's called the name of my testimony is called Praise Him in the Storm because we had everything worked out. But then when I went to banks to get the remaining financing required to make this deal happen, banks didn't want to touch it because it was creation-based science and it was too religious for them. It took 12 months from the first phone call. No, 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 no. It was 18 months. It was 18 months from the first phone call to making it happen when it should have been six months. Wow. That that's way too long. Darn. That's really, wow. I mean, is that even like legal to them to judge? Like- well, are you ready? Are you ready for this? I have a letter framed in my office where I've been denied a loan for religious reasons. And so this was back in 2007 right? Uh, when I was denied the loan. And so then I'm having to change my strategy a little bit, but I, I, I didn't take, no, I really believed God wanted me to persevere in this battle. Uh, I talked to Alliance Defending Freedom. I talked to Jay Seculos Group. And we had a First Amendment uh, religious freedom lawsuit prepared and ready to go. And I still remember the day before we filed it, uh, the attorney said, look, this is going to take two to three years of your life. Um, It's going to be long and arduous and painful. And the best we will win. But the best you can hope to be is a poster boy for religious freedom. If you have any other way to get around this, you know, do that. So I said, well, give me, give me a little bit of time. I got some more banks lined up to talk to. Let me, let me give it one more shot. So I gave three more presentations in that next week. 
And uh, one of those banks, you know, uh, gave me a friendly handshake and made me believe I could uh, get it to the finish line. And sure enough, six months later, we were actually make it uh, close on the deal with that particular bank. So oh, we're wow. very thankful for God for yes. teaching us, you know, how to persevere and trust him and stay in the game. And oh yeah, the last 14 years, it's been wonderful serving the homeschool community that we're passionate about, that we love, that we obviously have lots of skin in the game, but wow. You know, this was you know many years ago when the homeschooling movement was growing, um, it was yeah. doing well, uh, but there were enemies. And then, of course, with COVID, yes. we have seen this tremendous surge in the number of homeschoolers, the reasons they're homeschooling, and so it's it's just been wonderful to be a part of this community and to see you know lives changed for the better and to see students much more prepared to not only have a relationship with their mom and dad and siblings and, and family, but with God, to love learning, to be lifelong learners, and to actually be masters in their field of expertise, which is another one of the reasons I love homeschooling, is parents can train their students disproportionately in a certain curriculum, whether that's art, whether that's um, a foreign language because they have a desire to be a missionary somewhere, uh, whether that's um, you know in the traditional fields of study, but you can put a, a larger amount of, of the curriculum in the area that your child is interested in and passionate and skilled on, yeah. and they'll become masters in the field that they are studying. And I, I just think that is setting up society to be better long-term. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Apology is such a, it's such a popular uh, creation based science curriculum. Who would, uh, the one that would benefit the most out of it? Even though I love Apologia, uh, it's not for everybody. And one of the things that a family will find when they start homeschooling is they actually have to start thinking about what are my kids learning styles? How do they learn best? Uh, what is our family's uh, educational philosophy going to be? Now, you may not think that deeply, but practically you're thinking that way. And so Apologia is uh, written in what's, or uses the Charlotte Mason teaching philosophy, which means you're going to read a book and make it come alive. So the way we describe this is our textbook is the teacher. It's written to the student knowing that either mom's going to be reading the book, dad's going to be reading the book, or the student is going to be reading the book themselves. So it's a one-person audience, a very small audience. It's not a book that a teacher is going to be lecturing to 20 or 100 students. Right. It's going to be one-on-one. -on -one. So as a result, they're written in a very conversational tone, written to the student, and the textbook becomes the teacher. Then... In the K through six years, we have a notebooking journal, which means we don't have a test. The students aren't going to be taking a test where they're filling out blanks or filling in circles or doing true and false. They're going to have a notebook where they write, what did I learn about? Where they draw, what does a flower look like? What, are, what does the human skeleton system look like? They're going to start processing the information in this journal at their age, so we always say that you know, younger kids are not going to do nearly as much in the note notebook and journal as older kids, but they're going to explore creation by processing it in this journal, very open-ended learning uh, approach. Now, 
there's a pretty a good line from uh, seventh grade to 12th grade where the way we would describe some of the differences is it's still Charlotte Mason in that the book becomes alive. You read the book and that's how you're going to learn. There's a lab notebook. We call it a student notebook. And so that's where the student does their work. But from seventh to 12th, it's college prep. It's rigorous. Uh, as, so as a result, there are tests, what I would call your traditional test to process the information. But there's also uh, questions to study on your own. Uh, there's labs to do. Uh, and so it, it starts looking a little bit more like a traditional curriculum, but the textbook itself is written very differently. It's still conversational, written to the student. And that's really the secret sauce. That's why the parent doesn't have to be a biologist or a chemist or a physics for their high schooler to learn those subjects. The textbook does the teaching for them. And so the primary role for the parent in the high school years is to keep the student on track with the schedule. So the lab book has a schedule, the lesson plan in the front for the student. Uh, you know, what to read, what to do in the notebook, uh, what experiments to do, when to take the test. Uh, and the parent's job primarily becomes helping them manage their time, stay on schedule and get the work done. And so as a result, not only do they learn the content of a chemistry, physics, biology, or whatever the subject may be, they learn how to manage their time. Hence, they become uh, you know, good students. They uh, are generally studying a subject they're very interested in. So if they're not college bound or if they're not a scientist bound, we have other courses that are perfect fits. We've got an astronomy course. We've got a health and nutrition course, marine biology. Uh, and then we have your traditional science track which is biology, chemistry, physics with either an advanced biology track, an advanced chemistry track or an advanced physics track. So most high schoolers aren't gonna take every subject we offer. They're gonna start tracking with a non-science route or a specific college route. And again, because they're so interested in this material, they become good at it, good at managing their time. And so when they graduate, that's another reason why the high school diploma from a homeschool is so valuable because the student had a say in their own education. That's really cool. Yeah, and that really makes them more attractive to colleges that are looking for people to be, to do that, like literally do exactly that. Exactly. That's, that's awesome. So let me ask you a question. So um, you said parents aren't don't need to be biologists. Is that why you wrote the book like that, a conversational book, so that way parents didn't have to take um, they, I mean, they have an onus for sure, but not in the extent of like, oh, now I got to go to school to become a biologist to teach my kid. Is that what was exactly, that exactly. So we, we contract with authors. So I, I haven't written any of the science books myself, but we have a stable of authors who are experts in their field. So a marine biologist is the author of the marine biology book. A chemist is the author of the chemist, uh, chemistry book. And so uh, we contract with them, they write it, but we set the vision for how this book needs to look. We have a team in place that edits and develops it to work with the specifications we've given, which is written conversationally, written to the student, uh, and basically doable uh, for the student in a homeschool kind of setting. And then um, we have one author that's written seven of the eight elementary books, with uh, a second author that's written the eighth book. Uh, but again, 
the, uh, the whole idea there is to go deep into one subject um, as opposed to what's called the spiral technique, which is just, again, just another educational philosophy. So in the spiral technique, that kind of curriculum would do a little bit of astronomy, a little bit of botany, a little bit of animals, a little bit of uh, birds, a little bit of the human body, and just kind of go deeper and deeper each year. The way our books work is it's one subject. So you're going to do a whole year of astronomy, and you're going to do it all at about a third or fourth grade reading level. But then the student will do it at their age level. Again, a younger kid will do less than an older kid. The next year, you might do botany. Uh, and the year after that, you might do the human body book. Um, but what we always tell families is use or pick the subject that you think your kids are going to enjoy the most. You don't have to do the elementary books in any particular order. Right. Uh, that, that's up to you to feel the freedom as a homeschool parent. And that's the beauty of it. So there's like no like um, strictness in like in public school, you have to do biology first and chemistry, then physics, where in homeschool, like you really don't, you really can take any course out of its supposed sequence and be able to focus in on it. That's really cool. I really like that a lot. In fact, that's a, you know, sometimes I, as I've been learning more and more about the homeschooling, um, life like my mom when I was younger she homeschooled me from the time I was born till the time I actually went to school so like I was two years old reading and writing <laughs> so she had me like really advanced um but then when I went into school she continued like she did both I was in public school and she would teach me after school which was a really nice blend she always had her hands in my education and I really appreciate that because it has made me become a lifelong learner like I love learning I legitimately love learning and I do believe it's because my mom invested so much time in me and my dad they invested time in me to me that that's amazing and I love your journal approach I just wanted to swing back to that really quickly before we we wrap up the journal approach journals in my in my class as well where I I don't like giving a lot of tests. I mean, if I give one or two tests, it's a lot because I much rather than process the information, I find that in life, we actually get tested first on things and then we have to go ahead and do it. We don't like learn, 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 learn. And then we get tested. It's just, it's just, it doesn't seem to mimic life properly. The, the traditional schooling system in life, we process things. We go through our day. And at the end of the day, we sit back and we think back like, what it would happen today? How can I do things differently? That's really how life goes. That's so true. That's exactly the way um, real life happens, like you're saying. And what we, the curiosity is a natural thing that um, the Charlotte Mason approach encourages, whereas like you're saying, the traditional approach to education actually starts stifling curiosity. And so the love of learning starts waning and that's why you have a lot of kids out there that say they hate school. Um, and my kids never think about that. Uh, they, they may not necessarily say they love school, but they're, they're not, they love learning for sure. And they're voracious readers because that's one of the primary ways that they've learned to understand something. And it's it, for them, if they want to learn something new right now, they're going to look for a book on that subject. Uh, that's how they learned growing up. They want to learn new things, and that's how they're going to figure it out. Because like you say, as an adult, we continue learning whether or not we're getting a degree. Uh, and generally, it's by finding a book on the subject and reading it. 
Uh, and uh, and that's a good way to learn because you can you, you learn the nuances and the, you go deeper than uh, you might in any other way. That's so funny you said the word voracious reader because I was reading um, the top 15 habits of um, self-made millionaires. And I think point number three was they are voracious readers. Like I remember that word so specifically because at the time when I read that, I said, I am not a voracious reader and I will become a voracious reader. <laughs> I never forget that. I was like, that was my goal. So, well, Davis, it's been really awesome talking with you. Before we wrap up, what's the call to action? What I'd recommend um, is we, we have a podcast. Rachel and I have a podcast called the Let's Talk Homeschool Podcast. Uh, that's one call to action. The second would be to go to the Apologia website, specifically apologia.com slash free. And we have a whole slew of free things we want to give to folks that'll go there to help them get started on their journey, to help them stay on their journey, to help them succeed and do this well. So those are two places that I would uh, encourage folks to go visit and check out and uh, see how it helps them. What is one thing, one takeaway from our conversation that you would want them to walk away from this conversation with? Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna close with uh, the idea that's in my head from 26 years of homeschooling, finishing, I'll say retiring, but we're not, we're not leaving. <laughs> we have grandkids to help uh, succeed as well, but, it, but it's this, it's, a, um, it's, it's basically two points. First, you can do this thing called homeschooling. You actually can't. There's so many resources available. There's help, there's support. There's millions of people right now doing it. There's millions that have done it before. So if you think you can't do this, you're wrong. With God's help, you can do this and you can do it well. And the related point number two is it's really good for you. It's really good for your kids and it's really good for your family. So you can do this and it is really good for everybody involved. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much for today. Thank you for coming on and just sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your testimony, um, your life, your family with us. We really thank you for this so much. Thank you so much. Enjoyed being with you today. <laughs> You've been listening to the Homeschool Advantage podcast, where you get the scoop on all the latest vendors that fit your lifestyle. Thanks for listening. Also, follow me wherever you listen to your podcast to stay up to date on the next episode. You can also visit my website where the episodes will be and for my free lesson plan course, which can help you if you have different vendors and you're wondering, how do I make them all flow together? Let me help you with that. And if you're a vendor and you think you would like to be on the podcast, send me an email, realedtalk at gmail.com. Leave me your name, contact, website, and I'll get back to you. Thanks for stopping in with me and I'll see you on the next time.